Welcome back to another episode of Stimulate Your Mind, proudly presented to you by LOF Productions. Welcome back, everyone, to the Stimulate Your Mind podcast. Today, I'm joined by religious reciter and eulogist, Humam Al-Karbala'i. How are you, Humam? Alhamdulillah, Habibi. You've been a reciter for how many years now? I've been reciting for about 15 years now. 15 years, yeah. mashallah. And what's it like being a reciter in Sydney? Honestly, man, I started in Sydney. Basically, um, I started when I was 10 years old now. And um, it's amazing. The community is only growing, to be honest. Um, centers are growing like, like no tomorrow. Alhamdulillah, man. It's been a blessing to serve the community, to be part of the community. And inshallah, we'll just see it grow and grow more, or more by the day, inshallah. 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 Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, and your upbringing? Sure, bro. Um, so my name is Humal. I was born in Iraq, yeah, in Karbala, yeah, beside Abu Abdullah al Hussein. Wow, what an so, honor. So breathing that air, the air of Karbala, it's something else, man. It just makes you want to serve Abu Abdullah al Hussein. Uh, we fled the country because of Saddam Hussein and whatnot, the regime at the time. We fled the country to Jordan at the time. We stayed about two years. And from Jordan, we went to Syria. Now, Syria, if you remember, 2000s, early 2000s, all the way to like the late 2000s, 2010 I'm talking about, yeah, roughly before the war started, yeah. it was just filled with Iraqis, yeah. Shia Iraqis. Everywhere. <laughs> exactly. And I'm talking about Damascus especially. Yeah. Next to Sayyid al So when I was five, six, you know, we used to go to Sayyid al to listen to Muhajir's lectures. Wow. Yeah, in the Sahan. Wow. Can you imagine? So I was playing with kids back then, you know, like in the in the Sahan. In mm. Sayyidah Zainab, same thing. Mom used to take me. We'll play in the Sahan with the kids and whatnot. But I grew up listening, seeing those majalists, mm. doing Latum, uh, doing the Zinjil at the yeah. time, doing all that stuff. For I grew up, you know, from from a young age to that, you know, six, seven, I grew up with listening to majalis, Meshi, Latum, this, that. For like, just... Literally, I just became I just became in love for the khidmah. Alhamdulillah, I think this is the reason behind all that. But Alhamdulillah, ala kulli shay. Alhamdulillah, it's yeah. like a, it's what an amazing upbringing from Imam Hussein to say the Zainab. Like exactly, can't what get more could you want? Exactly, exactly. And then you came to Australia, and then yeah, we came to Australia. I came to Australia when I was eight years old, mm. approximately two thousand and two, uh, and at that time I wasn't a radud, by the way, mm. so. But I remember when I was like five, six, when I was imitating uh, Abdul Basit. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. We had the um, radio. My mom yeah. used to have a radio because my dad was in Australia and my mom was in Syria. Um, who, you know, the visa issues and whatnot. Yeah. So my mom used to turn on the radio and I used to imitate Abdul Basit. And I was like, wait, I'm getting exactly the same. How am I getting it so good? I'm thinking to myself, like, is it is it just me or is it? So when we came to Australia in 2002, just take it like coincidentally, I was, I was just imitating Abdul Basit and my dad was like, give me a second. What's that? I was like, what? He's like, you're getting exactly the same. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. He's like, you have a good voice, mashallah. So at that time, there was a majlis in my auntie's house. I was eight years old. And I resided in, that, in the house. I see him Saba. Everyone knows about yeah, this. Of course. Exactly. It's the first qasida everyone reads. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. As a beginner. Oh, the journey just began, man. So it was, I think I started uh, reciting 2004, 
four or five. Mm. To be precise, five, 2005 is when I started my journey in the khidmah. Alhamdulillah. And it's been a blessing, bro. Can't, can't ask for a better service. Of course. Alhamdulillah. And were you self-taught or did you have a teacher? Yes. How did you learn to become a reciter? That's a good question, man. You know Mullah Karrar, Mullah Karrar, Ahmed Al-Kufi, Mullah Ahmed Al-Khaqani. The first Qasida, which is Ayah Sayyam Saba, it was lit, it was written on an envelope, <laughs> literally. My dad told Mullah Ahmed Al-Khaqani was sitting down and there was an envelope, like an empty envelope. Mm. My dad was like, to Mullah Ahmed, can you, can you just write him Ayah Sayyam Saba? Mullah Ahmed was like, sure. So he got the pen, he, he wrote Ayah Sayyam Saba. I recited Ayah Sayyam Saba and then Mullah Karrar and Mullah Ahmed Al-Kufi were like in Sydney were like just fronting the, the scene at the time. For, through their help, alhamdulillah, they started recite, um, writing Qasaid for me. At the, at the time, I remember uh, the famous Qasaid by Mullah Basim Karbala'i, which was Ziyanab Lifat Yam Mahsiyan. Yes. Ziyanab Lifat. That's back but, in the days. Exactly, yeah. And Mullah Karrar wrote this for me. Wow. Karrar is an amazing person. Tahiyati. He's my teacher, honestly. Him, Mullah Muhammad Kofi. Alhamdulillah, I was basically taught by them initially and then just listening to Majalis by Mullah Basim, of course, Mullah Basim, yeah. the teacher, the amazing king. teacher, exactly the king. Uh, and yeah, I started just listening, learning from my mistakes, getting feedback from my dad. My dad was very harsh on me, mm. very harsh. And when I used to uh, make a mistake, I leave the majlis, he's like, my dad, like, why, why are you grumpy? Why, bro, why'd you make that mistake? You know, like I felt bad, so I had mm. to perfect it to the best yeah. of my ability. Inshallah, we keep learning. Inshallah, khair. Alhamdulillah. So, your father initially encouraged you to get up and recite, and you said he was your harshest critic. Exactly. Did that encourage you to keep going, or was it like a bit, you know, why is he being so harsh? Or I should stop. Wow, that's a, that's a good question, man. Honestly, uh, there was times I wanted to stop. Yeah, like my, I just felt like it was too much stress, too much. Uh, um, you know, like too much time, especially, you know, I was young. I didn't understand the, the exact purpose of this khidmah, the blessings that come with it. I was very young, especially when I first started, the first three, four years. So I, there was times where I wanted to quit, but I always wanted to, you know, at the same time, I wanted to please my dad in a way. And I loved serving. I loved um, reciting. Mm. That's the truth. I loved reciting. But, you know, when you hit puberty, you change, your voice changes. Your voice and, changes and... Yep. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I wanted to quit, but alhamdulillah, I kept going, man. And uh, alhamdulillah, man, I can't ask, as I said, like, I'm very happy with uh, being blessed to be a Radwood. Mm. This is the least we can offer. Alhamdulillah. Were there any periods where you did stop? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, uh, you know, when the HSC. Uh, okay, in. yeah. That's more important. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. The HSC. Yeah. Uh, uni, some, uni got in the way, um, you know, every now and then. But, I think for the past three years, I haven't missed a, a Muharram. Mm. And yeah, Alhamdulillah. But yeah, there was times where I just on and off. But now considering, uh, you know, I'm working and Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm reciting nearly every occasion. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Now, do you find that when you're reciting, there's, there's things that put you off or you feel like the, crowd's, the crowd is unresponsive? Yeah, yeah. Have you had issues whilst reciting? Yeah, of course, man, of course. I mean, you go to Majalis and you see it yourself. Sometimes the crowd's just not in the mood. Mm. You know, they've, I don't know, they've had a bad day at work or <laughs> it's just, so you gotta, you got to push them, man. And sometimes you, you are tired yourself. Mm. You're not bothered. Um, 
per se, يعني, because you've had a bad day or something happened at work. So of course, man, there's times like that, but I guess you just got to push through, man. Because someone told me once, uh, I remember in Karbala when I, was, when I first started, he's actually the poet of the famous reciter Hamza Zaghair. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. yeah, his his name's Abdul Rasul Khafaji Karbalai, and he's sick right now. May Allah uh, bless him with good health. Inshallah, he's cured. Yeah, he told me he's like, you are the king. You are literally the king of the majlis per se. Mm. You lead the crowd. If you tell them go left, they go left. If you tell them go right, they go right. Depending on how you control the situation, the majlis will be either successful or not. Mm. I always put that in my head when I came to recite. Give me a second. If, even if they're tired, if I'm going to be tired, they're going to be more tired. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to be energetic, if I'm going to want them to res- uh, talk, you know, like hijabun, uh, yep. apply to they the, reply, yeah. exactly to the mustahed, uh, then they will, depending on my energy. For, I, th- I feel like a success for Radud, and inshallah, we're only learning, of course. Uh, looking at Mullah Basim, for example, Mullah Jalil. Um, those people, if you, you can see the way the, the crowd uh, engages with them, it's crazy. Mm. The way they engage with the, the way they engage with the crowd too is amazing. For, it all depends on the radio, to be honest. Of course. Yeah. Now but you've mentioned Mullah Basim, Mullah Jalil, um, and Mullah Hamza Zaghair. Yeah. Who is your greatest inspiration? My greatest inspira- inspiration for sure is Mullah um, Hamza Zaghair, mm. for sure, because. Uh, you hear about that short al-karbala'i, yep. which is a specific way of uh, latum mm. that they do. Or it led that guard, those three, three, that, that rhythmic, yep. rhythmic latum. All that started with Hamza Zaghair. I think he initiated it. That's right. And it kept going. I feel like Mullah, Hamza Zaghair had a, in my reckoning, had a fingerprint that it's 100% pure in the khidmah. Yeah. And it's impossible to remove. And it's impossible to remove because I feel like what he gave was from his heart. Mm. And they teach you in Hawza, what, right. what, what comes from the heart goes into the heart. Goes heart. heart. Yeah. I feel like he just put the khidmah in the hearts of, mm. of Shia Taba Abdullah al Hussein. So, my inspiration for sure is Hamza Zaghair, and I wish I can be a percentage of what he was. We honestly. all aspire to be even just half a percentage exactly. of him. Exactly, bro. And they talk about his his ma'ajas, his, mm. the thing, the blessings they, they've seen from him. And he was a simple man, man. Like, just thinking about it right now, just. He had a you know ironing ironing yep. um, shop, Utechi, yeah. yeah. And he used to iron the clothes of people, and at the same time he used to recite. Very simple man. He used to ride a bicycle in Karbala. Wow, <laughs> you know with his tishtasha and uh, simple man. Simple times, yeah. Exactly, yeah. but guess what? Yani, because he was pure, and at the, t- at the same time, don't forget he was reciting in the regime of Saddam Hussein. That's right. That's that's, that's the hardest time to recite. Exactly, bro. That's tough, man. Yani every word he has to say, he has to count, to calculate. Has to be careful. Exactly. Good custom is life. Exactly, bro. For these people or something else, inshallah, we'll become, uh, we will follow their footsteps. Inshallah. inshallah. Now, uh, in the past couple of weeks, I've attended some of your majalis, and I see before you go up, you read something. Sahih. What's this uh, pre recitation ritual that you have? Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's just a fatha to Umm al-Banin alayhi salam. And uh, I do tasbihat al-Zahra. And I recite two other ad'iyah, simple ones, which is Allahumma salli ala Fatima tawabiha ba'aliha baniha adada ma haata bihi ilmuk. And Allahumma bihaqqil hujjata ibn al-Hasan adrikni. At the same time, I add to it, ya kashf al-karb, 
وهفت ميشن ابو الفضل عباس ان كوس ان السيناريو سلام الله عليه يا كاشف الكرب عن وجه اخيك الحسين شوف كربي بحق الحسين واو اند دي ذيس از ات مان دي فايند ذا ذوز ادعيا ذوز ذوز ثينكس ذات يو ريد بيفور يو جو اب تو اسيست يو 100% 100% ات بوتس مي ان ا ديفرنت سبيريتواليتي ات بوتس مي ان ذا مود يعني اند اف ترايد سام تايمز اي ميست ات بيكوز اي واز تو بيزي وذ ذا قصيده جست ريفايزنج ات اند اي سو اي سو بيج ديفرنس اونستلي سبحان الله الحمد لله I understand that with khidma, yeah, there's always something special with the person that's serving. Have you experienced anything that's made you like, or is that? Yeah, um, a couple of times to be honest. Like in terms of if you want to talk about dreams, or you want to talk about um, sometimes like when we were studying at uni, there was hard times, exams, whatnot, and you know with the commitments you have and the, the shortage of time. How am I going to make it? Um, and honestly, there's blessings that happened in my life specifically that I'll never ever forget. Honestly, like, and of course I can't get into specifics, mm. but if you if you are with Abu Abdullah Hussein, we're talking to you about this before we started the podcast. If you are with Abu Abdullah Hussein, uh, miracles will just become a norm for you. Honestly, um, yeah, Alhamdulillah for everything. Have you ever resided anywhere outside of Sydney? I started in Karbala when I when I went to Karbala. I started in Bain al Haramain. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny enough because when I was there in 2017, I started in Bain al Haramain, and uh, they liked they liked the performance. Alhamdulillah, the one, the way I did it and everything. And they said uh, wanted to invite you to. I'm not sure if you've heard of the Husseinia, but it's like the biggest Husseinia in Karbala. It's called Shabab Ali al Akbar. Yes. You have. Yeah. Everyone knows Shabab Ali al Akbar. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's big on YouTube too. Yeah. When Lakhatan goes there, Ammar Al Kanani goes there. There's bigger art. They wanted, they invited me over there, mm. and everything was sorted out. Uh, bookings, this, that, uh, pick up, drop off. And Subhanallah, I got a call from uni, like it was an email that I have to go because I had to finish off, to finalize something for my honors degree at the time, yeah. and it just didn't happen. So yeah, I've just resided in Iraq, uh, Sydney, and because I was busy with the uni and whatnot at the time, before that, now, inshallah, if the opportunity comes and I can serve Abu Abdullah elsewhere around uh, uh, the world, my pleasure. Inshallah. Inshallah. Where is one place that you would want to recite more than anywhere else? I know the answer, but... <laughs> <laughs> Brother, Sahin Abu Abdullah al-Hussein. Salam Allah al-Hussein. This is my dream, honestly. No wish, just yeah, facing Abu Abdullah Al Hussein, and just reciting mm. for him. This is big, man. Of course, uh, yeah, and you, all the everything that you're reciting comes to life. Heck, the the bodies were laid there. This was there, so, and it's just amazing. Uh, Sometimes I really envy the, the people that yeah. actually recite there, man. I wish I can recite there one day. Inshallah, Inshallah, whoever's hearing this <laughs> makes it possible. <laughs> Inshallah. Yeah. And what what were your feelings when you recited Bain Al Haramain? Was it's very close yeah, to the Sahan. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was just honestly the only thing I said to the crowd at the time was like, I'm not gonna tell you much. You're between Abu Abdullah Al Hussein and Abu Fadl Al Abbas. So the rest is up to you. And the it was unbelievable. Mm. Um and funny enough, the people that were actually standing there at the time, one of them was the he was the last reciter, or the second last reciter, I should say, that recited with Hamza Zagir. He was there at the time, standing there next to the member. 
at the same time the shaar the aspect here that yeah. and the shaar for hamza zaghair so the vibe was amazing all this bigger wadid all this that and you know beside me is abba abdullah and abdul abbas what an experience man inshallah allah grants us tawfiq again to inshallah i will let serve everything inshallah is there any majlis that you will remember for the rest of your life one that was very different that held something special for you yeah yeah there's a saying or i think it's a hadith i'm not sure al-ajr ala qadr al-mashaqqa the reward you get is depending on how hard or difficult the situation was when i was i think 2011 i was reciting in one of the husayniyat and the microphone was really bad it was it was me starting to you know like i was still new to everything it was really really bad bro and uh, i just couldn't hear my voice yani and i was telling them put it up and they went no one is ignoring it yeah just whatever so deep deep inside my heart i was like yeah what's this why are they doing this to me you know like i'm trying to recite i'm trying to uh, serve the community I, i'm i'm pretty sure they didn't mean it probably yeah but i don't know there was something wrong with the the microphone this that but i was like you know what all this put aside i'm going to recite this majlis with pure intention and whatever happens happens whether it's a microphone that's not working this that i'm just going to recite it with a pure heart and inshallah whoever listens to what listens if he doesn't they didn't hear it but just said that same night i saw a dream that same night i saw a dream and it was like yeah and it's, it's a very big dream but when i remember it like it gives me goosebumps honestly so i saw the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam i don't usually say this to be honest but the way you're interviewing me is just making me <laughs> say things i saw the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he bought me a watch mm. a gold watch i don't know what that meant يعني, but when i woke up and i spoke to my dad about it he's like see with with anything like with anything in life especially the khidmah if you recite with 100% pure intention inshallah inshallah he says whatever you did yesterday was maqbul from ahlul bayt fa yeah bro like this majlis stayed with me for the rest of my life honestly and every time i recite i remember that majlis mm. so when things happen like for example there's no audience or the microphone is bad or i'm not sure just i'm not feeling well i say you know what i'm doing this i'm not doing this for the crowd or anyone else i'm doing this for ahlul bayt because i always go back to that same situation that happened to me if i do it with a pure heart they won't forget me inshallah fa uh, yeah how important is intention when you're serving the ahlul bayt it's the most important thing bro it's the most important thing and without pure intention your amal is worth nothing it's it's like anything it's like when you pray without a pure intention or when you you know there was even like a, a narration I heard the other day which was in the battle one of the battles of the prophets um there was a man that was in the battle with about with the, the prophet himself uh when he passed away everyone said oh the shaheed uh may the mercy be of allah be on his soul this that the prophet told him calm down calm down this guy was not a shaheed for the sake of allah he wanted to impress a lady for example mm. that was on the outskirts of the battle watching it so this guy is the shaheed of this yeah. lady for example for when you do something what's the purpose of it is the purpose for the sake of ahlul bayt or is the purpose for pleasing others or is it for fame or is it if your intention is not pure you got to revise yourself and we all fall for this trap honestly especially now with social media uh you know instagram facebook you got to always calculate what you are doing 
Are you doing this for the sake of Ahl Bayt? If you are, purify your intentions. And honestly, everything is gone, man. Like, how long are we going to live here? Yeah. No one knows who's, when is going to die, honestly. My, I don't know, yani. So if you do something with a pure intention, inshallah, God accepts it. And the blessings will show on your life, through your kids, through your marriage. We'll just keep, keep yani, they wouldn't forget you in this life and the hereafter. When you recite, you've recited for all the ma'asumin? No. Yeah. Have you found that with a certain ma'asum or with a certain personality, you have a stronger connection to or a stronger, yeah, I say? Inclination. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Abu Abdullah al Hussein, man. Salam Allah ala Abu Abdullah al Hussein. It's Abu Abdullah for sure. And uh, the reason being is I feel like uh, when I read like the story of his life, um, I can connect a lot to it. Especially the uh, the story where it was a the guy, the, was it Yazid that was? I think it was Shimmer. Shimmer, Shimmer, that's right. When he when he told him, I think a school ma yeah. at the same time. Give him the, water and loosen the ropes. Exactly. Yeah, Abu Abdullah you know what this tells me? Of course, all the Ma'asumin are great and they're, they're infallible. But each one had traits. Abu Abdullah Hussein, in my opinion, and according to what I've read, he was a very emotional, يعني, طيب لا, أبعد الحدود, you know yeah. saying? His heart was, for when I connect like, I see Abu Abdullah Hussein, I can't, I can't, you know, yeah. he's the most person I connect with. Abu Abdullah Hussein has a special part in my heart. Of course, all the Imma, I serve him and uh, you know, they're our imams, but Abu Abdullah Hussein, yeah, something else. Salam Allah And do you find yourself, for example, in Muharram, that there's a different kind of energy when you're reciting for Imam Hussein? Yeah, of course, man, of course. I mean, you've been to, to the Majalis in Muharram. It, it seems like everyone just forgets about Majalis and they during Muharram, they, they just flock to the Hussein. That's right. So of course, the crowd gets bigger. Everyone is energetic. Uh, they just want to serve Abu Abdullah Hussein. Um, and don't forget, every night is uh, commemorated to a certain personality. Yeah. Every night is dedicated to someone. Yeah. Exactly, and I feel like that's what happens if you if you realize, for example, you know Nudur mm. when they do like I want to take this night and pay for all the expenses. Mm. Uh, there's people that have, for example. Like another, what, what's another? I'm not sure. I don't know how to say it. No, <laughs> exactly, it's a bit hard. But like, let's say they want something sorted out, for it, like a problem or something. So they say, we're going to take the night of Umul Benin, we're going to cover all the financial costs because Umul Benin Mujarram. In honor of um, in, in, Umul Benin. In honor for every person has a, an inclination towards a certain personality. So you see in Umul Benin, for example, the crowd is just packed. That's right. Yeah. In Laylat Abel Fadl Abbas. Yeah, it's, same it's thing. something else. Yeah. Exactly. There's people that have like a special connection with the Hurr al-Rayahi. They come on the sixth night because they're the Ansar, the companions, mm. close companions of Abdullah. So yeah, that's why like you see, there's, there's so many people that come. So Muharram has a complete different energy. And plus like, it's mentioned in the Quran, man. Al-Fajr al-Layal al-Ashr. Yeah, for sure. What is it like reciting on the 10th of Muharram? Oh, bro. يعني, honestly, every time I recited on the 10th of Muharram, Allahi, every time, I don't see myself reciting on the minbar in Sydney. I get taken to Karbala. Mm. And this is this is the honest truth. Every time I recite on the 10th of Muharram, I get taken to Karbala. Something else. 
the, the, the way that people engage with you. And subhanAllah, it always turns out to be the best qasida, the best recitation of the 10 nights. The vibe, the energy, the way people engage with you. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Now moving to poetry. So obviously there's no recitation with no poetry. Of course. Um, and this is like the, the hidden gem of reciters that no one knows about. That there's <laughs> actually someone be, like behind other hard work. Yeah. The poets are <laughs> always forgotten. Things. Yeah, true. Um, so do you have any poets that you, that you like to get poetry off to recite or is it just whatever you have? Uh, I've dealt with a couple of poets in Sydney. One of them is uh, Mahsin Al-Jabouri. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. I'm not sure. Okay. Abu Al-Farazdaq Al-Khair Allah. Yep. Comes to Sayyidah Khadija Hussein. Yep. And honestly, they're great. You know, I've, I've taken a couple of qasaid from them. But for some reason, the people, the shu'ara that live in Karbala, it's always something else. It's of something course. else. It's of like course. it's like when they give you the qasida, it's got it's got the the, the perfume yeah. of Karbala. Yeah, it's got honestly, that leather to it. Yeah. That leather. Because they're living right next to the haram. And when they speak to the Abu Abdullah, they speak they're to speaking him. to him. Yeah. To him. He's like, right there. Exactly, like a servant. Yani, I was reciting the Qasida before I started the podcast for Qarar Hussein Karbala. The way he talks to Abu Abdullah Hussein, I'm at your service. Do whatever you want with me. Like that. Mm. The shu'ara that I've dealt with in Sydney are great. But as I said, the people in Karbala. For now, I'm, I'm more inclined uh, towards the sun of the Shah that I told you that dealt with um, Hamza Zaghair. Yeah. Yes. His name is Rashad Abdurrasul. And I started all 10 nights last Muharram with him. Like uh, through his qasaid and also Karar Hussein Karbala. You know, I was able to alhamdulillah get in touch with him through Rashad Abdul Rasul because he's very close friends with him. And Karar Hussein Karbala is one of the leading poets right now. Of course, now. right now is uh, at the top. Exactly, man. And uh, Amar Kinani, I think, recites for him. Everyone. Everyone, exactly. Everyone, they love All him. The, yeah, exactly. And subhan, he's a very, honestly, I met him in Karbala 2017. I went to his office. Very humble man. And he's a top person. If a kid comes up to him and tells him, for example, Ammu, I need a qasida to recite between me and my friends, he'll write one for him and give it to him specifically. He's that type of person. Mm. Right now, I'm trying to get in touch more with him and um, sort out qasida with him, inshallah. Inshallah. And yeah. What about uh, the older poets, such mm. as Kadhim Mandur al Karbalai? Wow. Or, for example, Abu Shabat? Wow. Yeah. Have you recited any poems from the the, the kings of the poetry? Ones. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have. It's usually on the tenth of Muharram. Yeah. Uh the crowd actually uh asks for it. So for example, Gilli al Mamun. Exactly. And that, there's Qasaid that I recite every single year in Muharram, such as Gilli al Mamun, Oya Mahl al Wudab al Messiah. Uh on the ninth I always uh, recite uh there's, there's three four qasaid I recite every single Muharram and I do recite for them but don't forget that the language that the poets uh, the community is holding on to right now is different to the definitely yeah there's words that change just like English for example yani there's words that probably got extinct now you yeah. know, there's new ones coming For the way you, the language you talk to the audience uh, in is, is completely different now not completely, but it's different. Yeah, there's there's definitely a difference. Exactly. And people, I feel like the crowd nowadays wants something easy, uh, graphical. Yeah, something they can respond to. Ahsent, ahsent. They can respond to graphical. They can associate with, you know. For, 
I tend, I used to recite, I think I recited a couple of times for the old ones, but I didn't see that engagement for the yeah. ones because they didn't understand. For now, of course, I'm with the leading poets right now, yeah. inshallah. I'm, I'm trying to yeah, sort out something with them. Inshallah. And have you, found, uh, have you found that your connection with the crowd has become easier over the past few years or is there is there still a lot of work to be done in that field? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yani, depending on the audience. Like, for example, when I recite, let's say, in a, in a center with... Uh, people that only speak you know a bit of arabic yani, more english i get to, I, I tend to choose the qasaid that are very easy yani, mm-hmm. in terms of words meaning how they can understand it yeah but now i'm trying to actually i'm trying to um work with haj muhammad talib yeah. and i need to stay in touch with him more to work out something uh, that is english based honestly because you know nowadays you know we've got the the new generation coming up the arabic is not the best and we need to we need to fulfill uh, their their needs basically. Mm. For now, I'm trying to actually uh, bring English into my into my uh, recitation, and I have to do this. Whether it's like first English, first Arabic, inshallah, we'll do we'll do something, inshallah. So, what are the plans with English poetry now? Yeah, I remember about seven years ago, I contacted Nuri Sardar yep. through Ali Fadl, yep. and he gave me a couple of English uh, poems, but. You can't you can't get the lahan in my in my opinion you yeah. can't get the lahan of it, like an Arabic lahan and put on an English uh, oh. poem. It's very hard and it, I feel like it loses meaning, vibe, everything. For I'm trying to work with my like through through research to find alhan like English alhan for example maqamat. Mm-hmm. We have maqamat in Arabic. Maqam yeah. al-Saba. This that there's maqamat in English. I'm pretty sure yeah. that has to be learned and. Through through these maqamat, in uh, uh, bring like apply them to English poetry and work something out for the community. Mm. Um, but of course, it has to fulfill the beat. We have to get the beat right. Uh, and inshallah, khair, but uh, we need to work on it. Honestly, as I said, Hajj Muhammad Talib is doing a great job. Uh, inshallah, and inshallah, khair. Inshallah. Do you have any plans for? Uh, Teaching recitation here in Sydney, of course. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm just a student myself, uh, but I feel like uh, probably I worked a lot, and I'm the biggest critic of myself. Mm. And honestly, I'll, I'll say this whilst on, on podcast: not once have I recited a majlis and not listened to it from minute one to the last minute. Mm. I'd study it to the detail. Why did why was I fast there? Why was I slow there? Honestly. And I, I just put my earphones on me and I just listened to it from the first second to the last second, even the way I did dua towards the end. Did I make a mistake? Why did I make a mistake? Was it something I drank? Was it something I ate? To that extent, honestly, I study it to the detail. And I feel like that's what people need to do if they want to start recitation. And of course, if they need any help, I wish I can be of any service to them, inshallah. And do you find that reviewing your recitation has assisted you in like in future qasaid yeah of course of course man يعني, uh, a lot a lot honestly you know you get to pick up small di- sometimes there, there's big mistakes you know when you first start big big mistakes mm. يعني, through what you say the incorrect word or you make a mistake with the shah's name and i went th- all through all this yeah. i drank like cold water before the majlis because <laughs> it was summer classic and- mistake <laughs> And my voice just stopped literally halfway. Yeah. And I think it's on YouTube, that, that video. But I think we'll put it up with the podcast <laughs> then. 
So I, there were, I went through big, big mistakes, honestly. Mm. You know, one of the mistakes I made, which is funny, is I went to a majlis once. There was a small majlis in the garage when I first started. And I didn't have, when I, you know, went up the mimbar, I pulled out the qasaid and it was the incorrect qasaid. Oh, no. It was, it was a latmiya occasion and I got mualid with me. Oh, no. So can you imagine? So you know what I did? I just repeated. I see Sabah like 20 times. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so things like that, I made mistakes, but I learned from them. Mm. Now, before I leave the, the house, I check my qasaid like 30 times, <laughs> like word by word, just in case. Yeah. It's stapled, is that? For, yeah, you start off with big mistakes and then slowly you start paying attention to small mistakes. And I feel like all these people on top, like, our asatida like Ammar Kinani or Hamad Jannami, all these people are, in my opinion, they've got critics that are next to the Mumbar. Yeah, of course. Like Shu'ara and stuff. And at the same time, they listen to everything 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Is there a qasida that, or a poem that you love to recite? And yeah, for sure. Uh, the qasida that I just, uh, we, we recited uh, before the podcast. Mm. Yeah. Gonna give us a. Of course, of course. Ya Amir Dam Awil Abra Kafalit new Fadlakish Kobra Wafakit nil Khidmati Zahra Shokran Aba Abdillah Shokran Aba Abdillah Ya Malik Minit Tufula تملكيتني يا مليك مني الطفولة تملكيتني انت قابل امي وابويا هذا زكا انت قابل امي وابويا تكفليتني you took care of me يا قلم يوصفني والعباس عندي واو تبقى دمعاتي على زينب فوق خدي تبقى دمعاتي على زينب فوق خدي and then he says one of the verses بصايتك أمشي على طولي وخادم الزهر يصيحولي بصايتك أمشي على طولي وخادم الزهر يصيحولي قصرت لو قول ألف مرة شكرا أبا عبد الله That's for Karar Karar Hussain It's amazing Some of the words Even if you translate them won't give it justice Exactly exactly. Honestly it won't give it justice Allah Al-Azim It's amazing Amazing what is the greatest honor in serving Abba Abdullah? The greatest honor is serving Abba Abdullah. <laughs> That's the greatest honor. Whose name is written on the Saq al-Arsh. Who is Sayyid Shababi Ahl al-Jannah. What else do you need to say? Abba Abdullah al-Husayn, Kareem. Amazing. Uh, the closest thing to my heart. So the, honestly, the biggest blessing is of serving Abba Abdullah is serving him and is having the honor to serve him. And every time I don't have the blessing to serve in any occasion, I'll, I'll revise myself. Have I done something wrong? Have I done a mistake? Have I wronged someone? Have I acted this way? So yeah, man. What have you found that this service has done for your life? 
honestly, if it wasn't for this service, I would have, I don't know what I would have been, to be honest. I don't know. Especially, um, yani without the majalis of Abu Abdullah Hussein, any any person will be lost. It's like a school. You go to the member. I remember when I was a kid, yani, we were talking about this. When you go to the majlis, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, we have no idea what's exactly. going on. Don't understand what's going on. Why is everyone crying? <laughs> exactly. I've seen this guy. Like, why is this guy crying so loud? Like, mm. what's wrong with him? Beating chest. This. What's going on? But living through this, I feel like it has an indirect uh, effect on you. Mm. And that indirect effect on you is what is going to make you a great man, inshallah, in the future, in the service of Abu Abdullah Hussein. And then once you start understanding that, and then relating it to your childhood, like, oh, thank God I started this way, honestly. And the only thing, and I'll say this, and inshallah, I'm not, I'm not wrong in any way. The only thing that can save us, inshallah, in this dunya and akhirah is the majalis of Abdullah Hussain. If this becomes uh, you know, weakened in any way, then the community is going to be very astray, honestly. This is the only thing we have. That connection with Ahl al-Bayt is the only thing we had. Because they're the closest thing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the importance of the youth today participating in these majalis? Not just in, in Latum, but in the majalis. Yani Ali, when he came to the majlis of Umm al-Banin salam, Fatima Tazara, he saw how many youth there were. I don't know. Like, it's a sad number. Allah, it's a sad number. Yani you can count them with your fingers. Uh, I don't know why that's the case. Wallah, يعني, we talk about this. I don't know why that's the case. يعني, most of the attendees now are 40 plus because they've lived in Iraq, they lived in Iran. This is just the norm for them. But for the youth, I don't know where they're going. And like, I'm trying to attract them because inshallah, I'm a youth. I'm not too old. No, I've got a couple course. of white hairs. Of course. <laughs> but I'm, tr- I'm trying to be like, that's why I'm telling you, like I want to recite English this. I'm trying to find a way to attract them to, to the majalis, but they have to come. Because for me, when I was young, I used to wait for Latum like minute by minute. Yeah, we yeah. still, I still do. Exactly. To be honest, <laughs> the, the 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 energy, uh, it's like a thawra. It's it's our majlis. It's our majlis, rahmatullah It's our majlis, and I I see people. I remember in Syria, the youngsters used to wait outside the majlis. As soon as the Latum starts, everyone's inside. How's the Zainabi? I remember yeah. and wow. Jamaa Sadiq. As soon as the thing, everyone enters, and the old people just like yeah, just sit they down there away, on the yeah. outskirts. Uh, I don't know what's happening to the youth. The youth have to come and participate. And I'm not sure if they think it's like they're not welcomed or anything, but if if they come together, I think they'll form like a group together and that's enough. Definitely. Yeah. And the best friendships are formed in the majority. I sent, I sent the best friendships, but I, I, they need to come, honestly. And I really, really like encourage them, support them. Please, please. And if you don't come, uh, 10 years down the line, there's people that are coming right now Inshallah, but they might not be there. Who's going to be in the majalis? The majalis will be empty. Who's going to be in the majalis? And if the excuse is Arabic, yeah, Quran is in Arabic. Yeah, and you, you got, we got to learn Arabic in that case. Definitely, it's very Allah. important. We got to learn Arabic, yeah. not to understand the poetry, but just for, for the for it's, the sake of it's our religion. It's our religion. People have to understand, learn Arabic. People have to come to the majalis and خليهم على راس Inshallah. I really, honestly, it's a plea. If you, if please attend majalis. This is very important and it's it's not looking good at the moment. And we need to really catch up. Yani I understand sometimes I come back from work, Ali. Mm. And I'm tired. Yani I don't want to go. But, but when I go there, honestly, yeah. 
that all goes away. أحسنت والله. When you're جوار الحسين خلاص. أحسنت والله العظيم وأنا كذا أقول آه الحمد لله it wasn't like it took out this side. But we gotta, and I talk to myself sometimes. I don't go. Some sometimes people tell me, "Hey, like you're not going because you're not reciting." But now I'm, I'm working on myself to go, even if I'm not reciting, just to be an attend, like an you know attend attend the majlis. So yeah. How vital is it that we continue to hold these majlis here in Sydney, especially? Very, very important. Very, very, very important. And I think you guys are doing a great job, honestly, with. Uh, your programs. I'm looking at. I saw for the last Fatimiyah or the first. Uh, well, sorry for the Arba'iniyah. I remember. Yes, he held the majlis. Uh, I think he invited Mullah Karrar. That's right. Mullah Very important, man. And honestly, the work you guys are doing with the YouTube channel, translating the Ad'iyah, um We need to work on this, and we need to have majlis. We need. We need. We need to do it. There's no other way. It's like you need to pray. You need to do this. You have to do majlis. You have to, because as I said, Ali. Sometimes the, the kid you can't you can't sit and sit them down and mm. tell them by textbook, this is why Abu Abdullah Hussein got killed. This is why this this why that. They have to be brought into it in a in a fun way, mm. in an engaging way. Definitely, you have to. That's why they serve food. That's why afrah is like the zina and decoration. Yeah. That's why even with recitations, they have a nice cameraman, يعني good good um, photography, good sound system. They have to do all this to engage them. It's all well thought out, honestly. Mm. But, but as I said, like we need to have the majalis, not for us, but for the kids that are coming. Mm. Everyone cares about their kids, honestly. Definitely. Everyone cares, and Definitely. everyone's going to have kids, inshallah, in the future. We've got to think about this. Mm. We have to. One thing I always encourage is letting the little kids run around in the majlis. <laughs> I always encourage it because yeah. when they know that they're allowed to have fun there. Yeah. They want to come back. A hundred percent. But if you tell them stop, 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 and everyone's screaming at them, they're gonna be like, I don't want to come Ahsent, here. Ahsent. And unfortunately, our Iraqi. Our yeah, the oldies. They don't like them. <laughs> they don't exactly. like the kids. Oh God, sit yeah. down. This that. But it's important. Like we were. Like I remember in the mosque, uh, we used to rumble. The majlis <laughs> is on, and all the boys are rumbling. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we we're allowed to do it. But guess what? You want to go back to the majlis. Yes. Now it became something that like we want to do. Exactly. Like we started telling our parents, all right, exactly. when's the next one? Exactly. And you have to, you have to, I was speaking to my wife the other day. I told her, we were talking about this, discussing how we're going to raise our kids and whatnot. And I told her, I feel like in my opinion, in this day and age, if you don't provide a fun environment for them, they'll find someone else that, that provides that, that provides fun. that fun for them. hundred percent. You have to let them run. As I said, when I was a kid, I was, you know what we're doing? We're getting the Pepsi cans. Washing them and playing uh, soccer in the Sahana of Sayyidah Zainab. Wow. I'm not joking. This yeah, is the best place to play soccer. <laughs> exactly. I think it's more than 100 meters. So. <laughs> Two soccer Beautiful. Fields. But we used, to, we used to do that. So you have to let them just, you know, live up to it and just take, the, take their time. Let them do whatever they want to do. And this is the only way you can engage them. And don't be too rough on them. And I think we need to understand that because... We're seeing the elderly do this. We need to learn from their mistakes. Yeah, we need to learn from their mistakes yeah, they, and not be like them. Exactly. They learned the hard way, you know, back in the days. But now we're in a progressive, inshallah, uh, society in a way. In a way yeah. mm. And we need to learn from, from our dad's mistake and apply it to our kids. If you were to give advice to the youth about serving about Abdullah and the Ahl al-Bayt, what would you say to them? I need to pause for this. That's because it's a, it's a very big question. In my opinion, the only thing I can advise myself, I'm just uh, average Joe. Uh, the the biggest thing I can advise myself and the youth today is to have 
the right intention. The right intention is the most important thing. Because with the right intention, it can take you to the skies mm. and it can open up doors that you never thought of. You know how they say, uh, if, you chase, if you chase this world, right? This world, you'll keep chasing it and the world will run from you. Mm. You keep chasing it. But it's like what the admit to us, if you leave this world, the world will come to you. Mm. And I feel like this is the mentality behind the khidmah of Abdullah Hussain. We're leaving everything for Abu Abdullah al Hussein. And Abu Abdullah al Hussein is a very generous person. He will let the whole world come to us. Yeah. Honestly, we've, we've tried and seen many times how generous Allah he is. In terms of wealth, and wealth is not everything. It's not important. But he still gives your, it. Exactly. Don't you want your kids to be successful? Don't you, don't you want to have good health? And we've seen the ma'ajas, people with ill health. I spoke to one of the people. Uh, my dad's a hairdresser. And this guy came. He's like, I had, I don't know, stage three cancer, brain cancer. He went to, to Ra'uf al-Imam Radha alayhi salam. He's like, I just told him, look, like, I've, I've come all the way and from Sydney to you and I have three talbat. It was his first time going there. Oh. One of them is to cure me. He's like, I went back to Sydney. Honestly, he, I, heard, I went back to Sydney and they're like, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it mm. because there's no sign of cancer at all. So look, look, this is how generous they are. Just have a pure, pure intentions and all the good stuff will come to you, inshallah. This is the only advice I can give you. Thank you very much for your time, Omar. Habibi, thank you the very Allah much for having me here. here. Allah Thank Allah you. Allah I really support what you're doing here and uh, I'm a big fan of it. Stimulate Your Mind is proudly presented to you by LOF Productions. For more of our podcasts where we try to cover all the interesting topics happening all over the globe and also the personal stories of people right here in our own backyard. Subscribe to Stimulate Your Mind on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. See you guys in a little while.